Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Wednesday the 12th of April. Today I'm joined by Duncan Balkan, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi there, Duncan, how are you doing today? Good morning, Peter, I'm very well, thanks, how are you? Yep, all good, all good. Um, Calm down from the stress this morning when I was writing Watson's Daily of the server going down, uh, which was which was which made life even more exciting than normal. Yeah, you've got um, to look technology, haven't you? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so in today's Watson's Daily, um, there are a number of uh, obviously different stories today. Um, I mean, I think it was pretty amazing um, that we saw Bitcoin breaking through thirty thousand dollars, for yes. instance, um, for no apparent reason. Um, well, and that's, that's was, Bitcoin, isn't it? No one yeah, really understands why it. it goes up or down anyway. <laughs> more buyers and sellers, as they say. Um, also, um, we, you know, there are other things as well about SoftBank. Um, SoftBank uh, is the owner of Arm. Arm is the British tech company that was bought by Japanese SoftBank uh, years a few years ago, um, but now it's trying to to make money out of it by um, doing an IPO, um, and that looks, you know, there's the update on that. Um, there's uh, stuff about the um, what's happening with um, uh, or EY at the moment, the accountants. Um, Tesla are looking at the UK. Um, Arrival, which is the um, startup, uh, the electric vehicle startup, which uh, did a SPAC-backed flotation a while ago um, and continues to burn through cash. Uh, and then Sainsbury's, of course, um, looking at... Uh, trying desperately to hang on to its customers and stop them from um, defecting to other uh, supermarkets such as the German discounters. But anyway, out of everything, um, what would you like to talk about today? Yes, I I decided to avoid my my usual thing, which is EVs, because I think I remember at one point on this podcast being very positive about Arrival and I now wince every time I see a story that that disagrees. Arrival's (laughs) Arrival's departure. Uh, yeah. Exactly. I was yeah. so overwhelmingly positive and it yeah. looked like it was completely wrong. So, okay. <laughs> uh, so I decided to pick a story from the FT uh, about HSBC. Uh-huh. Um, so HSBC, um, not that long ago, acquired the UK arm of SVB. Here we go, Alphabet mm-hmm. Soup this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, SVB is Silicon Valley Bank. Um, so as the name um, suggests, American Bank, but with a UK arm and went a bit Pete Tong. Um, that's a pol- I think that's a polite way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Seriously downhill. Um, actually leaving a lot of UK businesses worrying about not being able to get their money out and not being able to mm-hmm. do stuff. So kind of the Bank of England, the government got involved. Uh, HSB ended up acquiring the UK arm of SVB for mm-hmm. apparently a pound. Mm-hmm. So, which on, by itself just sounds like a good investment, doesn't it? What we what could go wrong buying a company yeah. for a pound uh, or yeah. a company for a pound? Um, but it now looks like HBC, HSBC. Oh my word! Too many too many acronyms. I'm gonna get these all wrong. Um, are going a little bit further with their relationship mm-hmm. with SVB, and they're actually kind of hiring uh, dozens of. Um, investment bankers um over in the states so these are uh, people that were part of the us arm of svb that was acquired by a different company mm-hmm. um, and there's 40 uh, well allegedly over 40 sorry uh, investment bankers that hsbc are looking to to bring on board mm-hmm. um now the aim behind this um is to set up kind of new banking businesses for hsbc in areas actually to be fair they have been trying to get into or have been wanting to get into for a while, I think, in the stage of tech, mm. healthcare, uh, and some venture capital stuff as well. Um, so obviously, 
on the face of it, a pound for the UK arm seems like an absolute bargain for a start. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. actually, picking up these investment bankers now, when they've just been transferred over to a new company and probably a little bit disillusioned, also seems like a really good idea. They can mm. probably get them for slightly less money than they would have done should they be in thriving practices in the States. Yeah. Uh, and it sounds like a really good combination to me of kind of the, the slightly bigger bank balance of HSBC mm-hmm. compared to, obviously, SVB previously and the experience in the right markets of these mm. investment bankers to me that sounds like a really good combination mm. and obviously the, the sectors are looking to get into tech healthcare venture capital are all really juicy sectors in terms mm. of profitability but all quite difficult to break into mm. so you think that because of obviously like you said hsb's superior balance sheet if you will and these investment bankers experience this could be a real hit, um, both in terms of the kind of the client base that they're wanting to target and in terms of um, profitability going forwards. Mm. So, like I said, on the face of it, a pound for a business seems like a really good idea over here. But then I think this move, picking up these 40 investment bankers in the States, is it looks like, on the face of it, a really good move. I hope I haven't jinxed this the same way I did Arrival. Mm. But <laughs> it seems like oh, yeah. a really good move. So, yeah, what, what, what's your take on this before uh, I jinx somebody further? Uh, it's really funny, actually. <laughs> I mean, uh, when um, when I was broking, I do remember that there were we used to have a variety of different analysts and uh you know some of them were better than others uh certainly um when i was at um some of the japanese places i was at and i do remember that there were some analysts who um the clients would take meetings with and you know to talk through um you know sectors and they uh they they would take meetings not because they used to always get it right, but it was because they used to get it wrong. So they would take the meeting and do the opposite uh, that the analyst recommended, uh, which, which is which was controversial because you couldn't tell the analyst because the analyst would take great offence for obvious reasons. Hmm. Um, but you know, as long I mean, for our bosses were the, the way they thought were at the time was. Well, as long as the client's paying a commission, that's that's fine. As long as they take the meeting, do the commission, that's fine. But they, well, by the way, they weren't they weren't completely useless. It was that they were really generally what tended to happen was they were really really good at knowing the industry inside out. It's just that the recommendations were at the wrong timing. Right. That's, well, I'm going to try to not take too much offence to the fact you just compared me to them. Um... <laughs> no, no, please don't. Please don't. It's a bit like, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the um, classic Morecambe and Wise sketch um, where they have a very sort of famous conductor um, and uh, Eric Morecambe's playing the piano, but he's, he, he's you know, he's playing all the wrong notes. Yeah. Well, it's just not sounding good. And he says, I'm just, I'm playing all the right, all right notes, notes. <laughs> just in the wrong order. Right. So anyway, anyway, back to it. I mean, I do think that, um, I do think that this is, this could be, this could prove to be the, um, you know, could be in the investment of the century. You know, I mean, obviously we saw the other day that HSBC, um, uh, you know, uh, it had a bit of a, a drubbing, I think, last week when it had a, a, a meeting with investors uh, in Hong Kong. Um, Chinese investors were saying that um, HSBC was in the pocket of the, go- of the UK government by buying um, SVB UK um, for, for a pound. But HSBC was, you know, basically pushing back and saying, well, look, it was a pound. It's actually a good business. Um, so no, it's got nothing to do with the government. Um, 
But anyway, I think this is this this could prove to be good. This could prove to be the best for both sides. So on the one hand, you get HSBC, which is you know a, a, a huge bank, um, and traditionally it's always you know it's always difficult for them to grow, uh, particularly um, especially in tech areas where presumably tech investors would see or you know tech companies would see HSBC as a bit a bit old school, fuddy duddy you know, too conservative, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. Um, whereas, you know, presu- I mean, I don't know what SVB bankers look like. I mean, maybe they're, you know, um, car- cargo pants and uh, and T-shirts with flip-flops in the office. I don't know. But I mean, the, <laughs> that's the, an image. <laughs> I know, um, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, but I, I get the impression that the you know, SVB, it, it was, it, you know, it really, it really did understand its, its client base um and i think that these especially invest investment banking is very much a, a relationship based business i mean i know that's a cliche but it is and uh as in it is it but it is true um so actually being able to do this i would have thought is is pretty is is a pretty good thing for hsbc so it will the svb bankers can go back to their clients and say hey remember us um you know obviously hey we're the same we we still know you the best um and by the way we've now got the you know the massive balance sheet of hsbc behind us so you know hey best of both worlds um you know come back to us and it what i think would be interesting is to see whether there is a flow of funds um back because i think what happened was you you saw svb customers taking their money out yeah, and putting it into the into you know uh, banks like Wells Fargo, Goldman Sachs, and you know J.P. Morgan Chase and stuff. So, but I wonder whether now that they, that this has happened, whether we will start to see a flow of the money out of those and into um, and into uh, HS, you know, into HSBC, because like I say, there is the best of both worlds. I mean, it might not happen initially, but maybe over time you would have thought that there's a chart, decent chance of that happening. Absolutely. Particularly, like I say, if, if they, those investment bankers have managed to kind of get out of those, well, leave those relationships in a good place. I suppose that's the best way of putting it. If you, yeah. Obviously, people have had to draw their money out because the, the company's going down, down the drain. But yeah. if they've managed to leave those relationships in a good place, you would, I would expect to see yeah. when they reach out again and go, look, I've never kind of led you wrong before. I now mm-hmm. have the backing of a company that has the money to not go under. Yeah. I would expect, I, I would personally expect some of that, like I say, flow to come back across. Mm, mm. Yes, we shall see, won't we? I <clears> mean, <throat> um, obviously, early days, still people are a bit nervous. Um, but um, you would have thought with some uh, a bank of HSBC standing, it should, should work out, you would have thought. Um, you would hope. So, they, they definitely yeah. have the ex- expertise and, and the money there to fix any of the problems. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, like I said, that was that was my my favourite story in Watson's Day this morning. What was yours, Peter? Well, um, could be a two for one here because uh, talking about uh, AI again. Um, this time, this <laughs> right, time, we I know, I know, absolutely. Um, so yes, yeah, so we were talking about uh, HSBC, SBB, AI um, uh, t- today. Uh, so yeah, I think that um, uh, you know there are two stories. One in the Wall Street Journal about um, the Biden administration. 
um, looking at, uh, at, 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 you know, some kind of regulation for uh, AI tools like Jack, uh, ChatGPT. Um, and then we also saw that China has already uh, decided to put in some rules on um, on AI tools um, that will basically slow down the release, uh, any kind of new releases. So I think this this goes to show that everyone is acknowledging that there needs to be something done mm. about this because at the moment it seems that these AI chatbots are just allowed to develop and develop and develop and with no overall control or oversight from anyone about anything like ethics or accountability or anything like that. So I think that this is good. Um, so the commerce department um, is is now looking into it in the US um, and there could be things like certification um, before the release of new um, new models, there could be all sorts of bits and pieces. In China, uh, the um, the Cyberspace Administration of China, or CAC for oh, short. I thought we leave that as long form. We're going uh, to yeah. acronym on that one as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so they are, um, you know, they've already uh, decided to do things like. Um, you know, uh, the, the the product has to be submitted for review um, before release. Uh, there has to be a database um, that that registers these these um, uh, these models. There must be user verification. Uh, tracking must be uh, allowed as well. Uh, and this actually came out just after Alibaba um, became the latest uh, Chinese company to announce its version of um, of ChatGPT, mm -hmm. uh, or it's yeah. And I think that um, yeah. So I think that um, that the, the, the there definitely is a need for uh, for regulation in AI, but I don't think it's just AI. I think it's it's AI. It's technology in general i mean i think when i mean I, I think that um the cyberspace administration of china although it has the worst acronym um i do think that there should be something along these lines like the international cyberspace agency or something like that sounds really cool um name i mean you know you can have that quite a cool badge i'm sure um that, that you could you, you could have in a, in a uniform perhaps i don't know um i was gonna say and, would, would that look something like the star trek enterprise yeah know? i think so i think oh, i, I think, think that's what we need it would have to be like some sort of silvery something rather i think you know and and you'd also have to wear shades all the time i i know what i don't know why but you know but anyway one, one of those ones with reflective lenses as well yeah. so you can't see what yeah one's eyes yeah. doing yeah yeah or Not some a version of, of google glass type thing anyway um i <laughs> I think that they, um, you know, I do think a central body, international body is needed. I would say that I personally would be looking for something like there, there should be a load of centralized tenets like um, user identification or user verification mm. should be something that everyone is interested in. <clears throat> and I believe that should be the case for all social media platforms um, as a, as a starter. Um, and then I, you know, and then other, you know, other, other kind of ethical things in there. And then you, you would then have um, the opportunity for individual company or companies, countries to have their own, 
uh, additional rules, perhaps. But I mm -hmm. do think a centralised something, an international agency that does that, I think would is the way forward. Um, yeah. Um, but you know, the other the problem is, I, I guess, is there's the other side of the equation, isn't there? I mean, you were talking about this earlier. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I agree with you. I think this kind of regulation and making it centralised is necessary. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we've talked, I think, of, of various different technologies. Buy now, pay later is the one that comes straight to mind. Mm -hmm. That's something where reset regulation was probably needed and it, it ended up being a reactive thing. It was, oh, look, all these people have been messed around by it. Now let's put something in place. Yeah. And I think with the power of AI, I think that is too much of a risk to take. Yeah. So I agree that it needs something central, it needs to be well regulated, and it needs to be kind of now, yeah. <laughs> actually three weeks ago, but now now is the second best time. Yeah, and I think for 95% of people and corporations, having the regulations in place mm. will sort out that they stick to them, because most people do, most people stick to the law, most people stick to the rules, particularly mm. big corporations, um, but then you left with that 5% that tend to not, or 5% or less, let's be optimistic, or less, mm. that try to break rules as so they're in place, and then much as I think, yeah, this regulation is necessary, it's brilliant that if it's going to come in, mm. you still have that, well, how on earth do you police the minority mm. that, that don't pay attention? Because we, we were talking last week about um, AI in the kind of classroom setting and mm. uh, having um, engines to try and work out what was plagiarised. But if you expand that to kind of a wider range of things that AI mm. can do, how do you police when AI is breaking the rules and how do you mm. work AI doing and not a human? Yeah. Uh, like I said, I, I would feel that's going to be a minority of mm. corporations and people that will try and, mm -hmm. and break the rules. Mm -hmm. But I, I struggle to see how, once the rules are in place, how that, that, kind of, that small percentage are policed. Mm. My only concern with this, but I, I completely agree that it needs to happen. It needs to be centralised. Like you said, people can then, or countries can then put in their, on their own kind of edits to the rules um, yeah. isn't appropriate for that for that country or needs to be stricter for that country or yeah. whatever. But there definitely needs to be, like I said, some sort of yeah, centralised way of police of not policing, of regulating. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I think certainly, you know, one half of the equation is regulation, but the other side of the equation is um, enforcement mm. um, of of the of the rules, because then more people will stick to the rules um, rather than try and find their way around them. So, um, so anyway, I think that's important not only for um you know uh, uh social media platforms to to try to stop trolling or minimize trolling um but also for the metaverse as well you know something that would cover the metaverse um because at the moment they can pretty much do anyone can pretty much do what they want to and i think that that is not always a good thing um so anyway yeah so i think that um ai you know rules of conduct and guidance that sort of thing definitely needed uh for ai but it's not mm. just ai it's ai uh social media platforms just the internet in general i think you know things yeah, have grown to a stage that it needs to be done otherwise all sorts of nefarious things can be done especially with ai actually you know um so yeah you know, as a as a as a driver so so anyway so there you go i mean i i guess might as well leave it there uh yep. for today um and i yeah i apologize for uh earlier you know the whole uh contrary contrary indicator arguments uh that was just <laughs> purely not a reflection on you that was more of a it reminded me of something that i used to see 
um occasionally in my in my career but so uh, anyway no offense taken anyway. <laughs> okay good 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 Whew, thank you thank you thank god <laughs> uh anyway well thank you very much um for listeners uh well first of all sorry thank you very much duncan for uh you know for your thoughts today thanks for having me that's no problem and thank you for the listeners for listening to us um please continue to support us like you know give us five-star ratings and stuff it all it all helps um and if you know other people that would enjoy our um uh educational informative and yet fun banter on a daily basis please don't hesitate to um recommend us as well but anyway thank you very much indeed have a great day whatever you're up to and we'll be back again tomorrow many thanks thanks a lot peter bye